0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 50 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Acts chapter 20 today, and our focus is on giving and crying. I guess it could be on driving and crying, but we don't want to go there, do we? guess that's the most obscure joke I've ever made on this podcast. So I want to welcome in new listeners from Spain, Assam, India, Nova Scotia, Canada, Fort Worth, Texas, New York, New York, San Francisco, California, Phoenix, Arizona, and Indianapolis, Indiana. Thank you all for tuning in. Please check out our website, Bible2021.com. And let's talk about crying today. Let me be straight with you. I'm a little old school here. I don't think men, or really anybody, should cry at the drop of a hat. Crying's not a sin, of course, but if we're, like, always crying, sort of about everything, then how do we handle the truly heartbreaking, heart-wrenching things? Now, that said, I fully recognize that some wounds, some deaths, some losses, and some tragedies are just so deep and heart-rending that the only response is extended tears. Maybe daily tears, hourly tears for years and years. Now, if you're a person that never cries, then perhaps, I don't know, you're in an extended season of blessing and comfort and lack of tribulation. But given how things are going in the last couple of years, I'd sort of be surprised by that. Life in a broken world can be sad and soul-crushing sometimes. And the Bible just shows us that crying can and should be a good response at times as we live in this broken and dying world. Some of us will be crying into eternity until we encounter the blessed promise of Jesus, no more tears. Revelation 21, 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more, because the previous things have passed away. Lord, let it be. Amen. In our passage today, we're going to see some tears. And I love it because I think this shows us exactly the type of situations that the manliest and bravest of people should be crying in. In this chapter, Paul is saying farewell to the elders or leaders of the Ephesians church that he had planted a long while ago. He is commending them to the grace of God and telling them that he likely won't see them again. So here's how he sums up his ministry among them in verses 18 through 21 and 31. You know from the first day I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears and and during the trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews. You know that I did not avoid proclaiming to you anything that was profitable or from teaching you publicly and from house to house. I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus. Verse 31. Therefore be on the alert, remembering that night and day for three years I never stopped warning each one of you with tears. What a beautiful ministry. Two mentions of tears in that summation – Paul warned and exhorted this church with tears, real and genuine crying. I've got to tell you, there's a lot of power. Uh, there's a lot of power in such genuine exhortations with tears because they just seem to come from the very depths of our being. How did these Ephesian elders and leaders respond to the announcement of Paul's permanent goodbye? Well, verse 36 tells us that there were many tears shed by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him. Tears, hugs, kisses, embraces. I was raised by an affectionate dad who did not hesitate to express his love. And honestly, I'm grateful beyond words for that. Many men of his generation, however, and really many people since then were not raised by dads like that. Somehow, some way, it's, it used to be expected and still is in some corners that men should never cry or hug or show affection or weakness or emotions. And I say poppycock to that. Jesus wept, and so did the majority of the wonderful leaders in the Bible, so must we. So let us love loudly, love boldly, love affectionately, love appropriately, and love obviously. Oh, and let's read our chapter. This is Acts chapter 20, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. After the uproar was over, Paul sent for the disciples, encouraged them, and after saying farewell, departed to go to Macedonia. And when he had passed through these areas and offered them many words of encouragement, he came to Greece and stayed three months. The Jews plotted against him when he was about to set sail for Syria, and so he decided to go back through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy and Tychicus, and Trophimus from the province of Asia, These men went on ahead and waited for us in Troas, but we sailed away from Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread. In five days, we reached them at Troas, where we spent seven days. On the first day of the week, we assembled to break bread. Paul spoke to them, and since he was about to depart the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where we were assembled, and a young man named Eutychus was sitting on a window sill and sank deep into a sleep as Paul kept on talking. When he was overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. But Paul went down, bent over him, embraced him, and said, Don't be alarmed, because he's alive. After going upstairs, breaking the bread, and eating, Paul talked a long time until dawn. Then he left. They brought the boy home alive and were greatly comforted. We went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Azos, where we were going to take Paul on board, because these were his instructions, since he himself was going by land. When he met us at Azos, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. Sailing from there, the next day we arrived off of Chios. The following day we crossed over to Samos, and after that we came to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia because he was hurrying to be in Jerusalem, if possible, for the day of Pentecost. Now from Miletus... He sent to Ephesus and summoned the elders of the church, and when they came to him, he said to them, You know from the first day I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, and during the trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews. You know that I did not avoid proclaiming to you anything that was profitable or from teaching you publicly and from house to house. I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I am on my way to Jerusalem, compelled by the Spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in every town the Holy Spirit warns me that chains and afflictions are waiting for me. But I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course in the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of God's grace. And now I know that none of you, among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, because I did not avoid declaring to you the whole plan of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure disciples into following them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for three years, I never stopped warning each one of you with tears. And now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that I worked with my own hands to support myself and those who are with me. In every way, I've shown you that it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, because he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. After he said this, he knelt down and prayed with all of them, and there were many tears shed by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving most of all over his statement that they would never see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. So here's our verse of the day. In every way, I've shown you that it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus because he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So in my church growing up, one of the leaders would intone that verse every time right before our offering. I can still hear it said in that Briarwood Presbyterian Church of Birmingham cadence. Want to stump a would-be Bible scholar? Ask him where in the Bible Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Interestingly, he or she will not be able to answer that question because this saying of Jesus is not written in the Bible. So has Paul made a mistake quoting him here? Not at all. Much of what Jesus said to his disciples was preserved orally, at least initially. Paper was rare. In the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, we have a grand total of 783,000 words from beginning to end, give or take a few. That's a lot of words, but maybe not quite as much as you'd think. I started this podcast daily in January of 2020, a little over a year ago. If you add up the transcripts of every episode from that day until today, it would total up about the same amount. One daily podcast amounting to just a hair under 800,000 words in a little bit over a year. Now there are 31,426 words of Jesus in the Bible, which again sounds like a lot, but this short 10 minute daily podcast just for 2021. If you add up the words in our show notes, the transcript, it's over fifty thousand words. Way more than what we have in the Bible recorded of Jesus. Now, do you think Jesus spoke more than thirty-two thousand words during his, during his ministry? Of course, he did. In one year, most preachers' sermons add up just on Sunday morning to a hundred thousand words or more. Some of the teachings of Jesus were written down in the Bible, and some have passed along, were passed along orally such as our passage here in verse 35. Bible scholars call these sayings agripha, sayings of Jesus not written in the Bible but passed down orally. We can trust that Paul is accurately recounting what Jesus said, and there's some other agripha out there, maybe not as reliable as this one, but I'll give you one. It comes from an early church leader called Clement of Rome, who lived at the same time as John the disciple in the first century. He recorded that Jesus said, Be ye merciful, that you may obtain mercy. Forgive, that it may be forgiven you. As you do, so shall it be done unto you. As you judge, so shall you be judged. As you are kind, so shall kindness be shown to you. With what measure you use, with the same it will be measured to you. So, fascinating thing to study if you want to. Agrippa. Let's close with our verse of the month for February, Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. And dear friends, may we live in the fear of the Lord and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Good day to you and Godspeed.